0: Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. On our last program, Dr. Hans Diehl, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, outlined some of the rather surprising limitations of modern medicine. He suggested that modern medicine represents a good news, bad news scenario. The good news is that it can bring healing in many, many areas, it can save lives and restore vitality like nothing else. The bad news is that in many, many other areas, it simply doesn't work. It might make us feel better, but it doesn't make us better. Knowing the difference, as we learned last time, between these two areas is important for us to know. Today we examine the good news, the opportunities that modern medicine brings into our lives Dr. Deal recently wrote a very well-received article on this very topic in a book called Rethink Health. It's chapter number one, and it is getting a lot of good attention. Now, Dr. Deal, in our last program, you were talking about atherosclerosis, and that is the buildup of cholesterol and calcium and fat in our arteries, and that can cause all kinds of problems. And we can't talk about atherosclerosis without talking about Japan. You mentioned this in your article, how atherosclerosis affects our hearing, our, our sex organs, our heart, our brain, our memory, all these things, even our eyesight. What happened in Japan that is important for us to know when it comes to our health today?
1: Oh, yeah, this is a classic, really. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you raised that question. Uh, Japan, after World War II, you could not find coronary artery disease, heart disease in Japan. And so the University of Tokyo had to import, they had to purchase coronary arteries from people obviously who had died in America uh, to show them what actually (laughs) was responsible for every third death in America when it was unheard of in Japan. You know, that was 1950s But, you know, by 1970, 75 in Japan, Japan became very self-sufficient. They no longer had to import and purchase these coronary arteries uh, that were diseased from America because they had developed their own. (laughs) They grew (laughs) their own, yes. Because America had introduced the American foods to Japan. And so here's a hint. Maybe our foods may have something to do with atherosclerosis and with the clinical expression of this underlying disease process that we talked about last time leading to these different kind of Western common diseases. Mm-hmm.
0: So we have an instance here. We have a, a prime example, a whole nation of people, and there are other nations, as we will discover as we talk about this, that there are other people groups who did not have the problem that America was having. If the food was brought in that caused this problem, we have to just say, okay, it was not because they didn't have the statins. They didn't, it's not because they didn't have the right medical procedures. It was the food. As Dr. McDougall loves to say, it was the food. Why are we not learning from this, Dr. Deal? Why have we not said, oh, look, Japan just proved something. We need to change our ways here in America.
1: Well, we have also, you know, uh, World War II, uh, looking at some of the European nations and yeah, the yeah. uh, Nazi armies invaded some of these countries. They took all the livestock away from these yep, countries. Yep, yep. They took all the ducks and the uh, cows and the pigs and uh, the milk and the dairy, all these things that were taken by the uh, Nazi armies and the people in the occupied countries had to live on very, very simple foods. They had to basically grow their own food in their gardens. I mean, this was war, yeah, right? Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, within a year's time heart disease rates dropped, diabetes rates dropped, cancer rates dropped, in short order. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the, the, the German uh, invading Nazis uh, didn't have in mind to create a healthier population in the <laughs> occupied countries. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what actually happened. And so when the war was over and these countries were able to go back to their pre-war diets, which was a little bit richer, obviously, and they had some of the livestock products back in their kitchens, guess what happened? The disease came back. And so we have now some pretty good ideas here that diet must obviously have a major effect on... On these chronic diseases and I mentioned to you earlier that in the 1970s we have seen the rise significant rise in diabetes and in obesity mm-hmm. and with that come all the other problems because they are run in clusters mm-hmm. and the obesity is just sort of one big indicator of what's happening to the diet and the health of people right yes. and today you have two out of three American adults either overweight or obese And with that, you have then what we call the metabolic syndrome. You have the high blood pressure. You have the diabetes. You have the obesity. Uh, You have the heart disease. All these things are coming together. And I think what we need to begin to zero in on, what happened in 1970?
0: Yeah, yeah. Before we go any further, Dr. Dillon, I just want to put in here that it's very important for us to realize that obesity, being overweight... You know, it's not about the way you look. Uh, When I see an overweight person or obese person, you know, I don't think, oh, look, that person looks strange or looks different. I immediately think, I guess this is probably because I talk to you and a lot of doctors uh, in this program, I immediately think, oh, dear, that person's sick. That person is opening the door to diseases here, to degenerative diseases. That person is opening the door to all manner of ills, and I feel so sorry for that person. How they look is secondary to what's going on inside of them. And I just want our mm-hmm. listeners to know that that is, the, that is the reason why CHIP does what it does. It doesn't want to make you skinny. It wants to make you well. And guess what? When you get well, you also get skinny. But it's the idea— that being overweight is okay, that it's safe, it just looks strange. That's not the
1: truth. If you aim for health, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the scale will take care of itself. That's right. And don't step on the scale every day because it only uh, (laughs) tyrannizes you. Get on the scale maybe every two weeks or so, but aim for health. Get that cholesterol down. Focus on uh, getting the blood pressure down. Focus on getting an exercise program. Eat healthier foods. These are the kind of things. Once you take care of this, the weight will take care of itself. And so I, I appreciate that you remove the judgmentalness yes, that yes, you sometimes yes. find by people that look at an overweight person and, uh, you know, they feel very, very sensitive on these yes, issues, yes, obviously. Yes.
0: I just want our listeners to know that we love them dearly, that no matter what they weigh, mm. but we do have a goal. A Complete Health Improvement Program has a goal, and that is to make you healthy. And that is the mm. most important thing we want to do. Okay, I'm sorry. I, just, I had to go off in my little soapbox here because I feel such love. Love for people who are fighting the battle of the bulge, I want them to know that they are loved. But you know what? We're going to be we're going to be after you because we want you to be healthy. Number one. Healthy. Mm. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Doctor Deal. <laughs> Continue the discussion. Well,
1: you know, we asked the question: What happened in 1970s? In yes. the 1975, you know, that all of a sudden some of these diseases mushroomed, yeah. and we are now having this epidemic of this cluster of uh, chronic diseases. And you know, I can only think of one major thing. Uh, I mean, it's not only the fact that we became more uh, sedentary. I mean, the computers became more and more popular and we exercised less. That certainly is true. But there are some other things that happened. uh, And that is, we went from slow food... To Mm, fast food. To fast food, yes. yes, Yeah, we we began to talk about convenience foods. All of a sudden, we no longer had the time to cook. We had to have uh, uh, two people in the marriage had to be at work. And so we were just looking for something quick to uh, take in. And the industry supplied that. And the industry uh, sold us on the idea that you have no longer time to spend in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. But we have the answers for you. And with that, something happened. And that is... The potatoes turned into potato chips. The corn turned into corn chips. The beans turned into burgers. Mm -hmm. And the oats turned into Oreos, right? I mean, we developed all these prepackaged foods. And uh, instead of getting our protein, at least uh, in part, from plant foods, you know, from beans and from uh, grains and so on, we got the idea that we have to have protein coming from animal products, we have to have the meat, we have to have the chicken, we have to have the pork, you know, these kind of things. Then, of course, the whole thing happened. The milk industry began to respond to the American public that said, we do not want to drink whole milk any longer. Why? Why? Because the amount of saturated fat in a glass of milk is the same as you find in four strips of bacon. And that promotes heart disease. We want to have milk that is lower in fat. And so the industry was very, very uh, compliant. And uh, their industry said, okay, if you want to have 2%, percent we give you 2%. Then they said, we want to have 1%. We want to have skim milk. We want to have blue water. (laughs) And the industry said, "Yes, yes, we'll give it to you. Right? and guess what they did with all the fat that uh-oh. they skimmed off the milk Uh-oh uh-oh what happened Yeah we put it, they put it into cheese <laughs> And so since then since then we have seen uh, a cheese oh. consumption that has increased by 6 times uh, oh. since 1975 oh. So today, cheese is everywhere. People may be drinking skim milk, but then they have cheese. <laughs> Come on, I mean, it's not solving the problem, is it? No. So I mean, with all of this, you also then saw the development of restaurant eating, and people began to change from eating at home to eating out, right? Yeah. And you know, Charles, if I had one wish uh, to improve the health of uh, of nations, it would be here in America, sit around the table at least once a day. To a meal that you have cooked, to a healthy meal, sit around the table, no television on, just sit around the table and have some discussions and look the other person in the eye and figure out what's going on and then let the person who cooked no, hey, I really appreciate the food you cooked. But, you know, today we're just sitting in front of our television sets and uh, one has some Pringles and the other has some Doritos and someone has Oreos and you know, we have all these different kinds of things, right?
0: We do not know the cooks at all in this case. That's no, correct. No. <laughs>
1: That's correct. And the cook doesn't even know how to cook anymore no, because we no longer no, have no. home ec, Yeah, Yeah. Right? Yeah. Home is gone. Yeah. I mean, I talk to people, hey, maybe you should eat some more lentils. And I look at me and say, lentils, uh, you know, tell me, what are lentils? <laughs> oh, no, man. Really? We have lost the art of preparing food in a simple, efficient manner, and especially with all the equipment that we have today with food processors. And, you know, some people use microwave ovens. We have all these kind of kitchen helps available. It shouldn't take my wife. She can prepare a meal in 15, 20 minutes. There's no problem. Of course, she then comes to me and she says, Can you help me with doing the dishes? I said, No, you have a dishwasher right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's use modern appliances when applicable here. Yes, yes, yes. yes.
1: And, and, you know, that's what we do. So the question then is if we were able to maybe go back a little bit Mm -hmm. to foods as grown, you know, to maybe emphasize more real potatoes, not the French fries, to emphasize more corn and the cob instead of corn chips. If we would eat more fresh vegetables and fresh fruits and whole grain products and you know include the beans and lentils and so on. And maybe a few nuts or something like this. You know, I think the evidence is very very clear that we can turn these diseases around. I mean that's what they have done. Doctor Dean Ornish convincingly evidenced that a simple plant based whole food diet coupled with exercise and stress management, could reverse not only the atherosclerotic plaques that we talked about in advanced coronary patients, but also reverse prostate cancer now. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are huge, huge developments. And then Dr. Carl Will at the Cleveland Clinic, he took the walking dead patient with heart disease, and 74% of the patients that he treated for 20 years are still alive today. They were given six months to live. Now it's 20 years Mm -hmm. Three out of four are still alive, and what did they do? They just adopted a very simple whole food plant-based diet and reversed their atherosclerotic plaques. And with that, they dramatically changed their short-term perspective of life. And you know, then you have Dr. Barnard, Neil Barnard. He is the president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, and he has shown in many, many studies that you can reverse. Dramatically, uh, diabetes within three, four, five uh, weeks. Mm-hmm. And of course, I uh, could mention the Purtican Longevity Center. They have over 75,000 uh, graduates. Uh, they've published over 130 scientific papers in medical journals where people come for two to four weeks and they learn how to move towards a very simple diet, foods as grown, and the results are there in three, four, five weeks. And of course, you know, if I can say that uh, we have our CHIP program, the Complete Health Improvement Program, we have shown that you don't have to go to these live-in centers. It might be a little costly for some people, uh, but we can do it right in the community. We can change the restaurants. You know, in Rockford, we had uh, some three, four, five thousand 4 uh, 5,000 chip participants, introduced them to a very simple diet of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. And uh, we had 27 restaurants that began to come to us and say, look, we like to help you. Yes. Can we have four or five uh, good, uh, healthy uh, menus, and we'll make it available. And it became the big uh, smash in the town. So people are interested in this, and we have to recognize what we need today for these chronic diseases is not so much a high-tech approach. We sometimes need that, too, to save the lives. But what we really need is a low-tech approach of education, inspiration, empowerment, and a cultural transformation where people begin to realize, hey, It's largely up to us. We can do it as we work with enlightened physicians to turn this epidemic around. We don't have to have chronic diseases. We are in charge. It's all healthy by choice, not by chance. Mm,
0: I like that. You know, anyone who listens to this program regularly, and I hope there are a lot of people that do, I think there are. We talk to a lot of graduates from the Complete Health Improvement Program. We bring them onto the show and we ask them what was their life before, what was their life now, what was their transition like. And I would say, Dr. Deal, 100% of them are just amazed at what happened to them when they made these simple lifestyle choices. A lot of them were told by their doctors, you know, get your affairs in order. This is it. You're heading down that slippery Mm. slope. Not much left in your life. Mm. And that was... 15 years ago, that was 20 years ago, and they're still going <laughs> yes. strong because they learned what CHIP teaches. And I want listeners, I want you listeners to learn it as well. That's why we do these programs week after week. We want you to learn. What you can do to reverse the diseases here. We'll take a short break. And when we come back, Dr. Deal, I want to talk to you about the outlook. We've talked about the bad news, the limitations of modern medicine, the good news, which is the, uh, the power of modern medicine and the opportunities it brings. Let's look into the future. I want you to get your crystal ball out. Look into the future and tell us what you think our lives are going to be like As we continue this education program, as our nation, as our planet continues to look at itself and say, we're not doing this right. Let's make some changes. What's the future going to look like? We'll talk about that on our return. So stay right where you are. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to the CHIP website, chiphealth.com. It's a confusing world out there. Lots of information comes at you from so many different directions. We advocate gaining and maintaining optimum health through lifestyle changes. Changes in what you eat, how you exercise, even how you think and reason. Does it work? Over 50,000 graduates say yes. CHIP is a program that works because it's based on the science of health. Science that's proven and amazingly effective. Stop by CHIPhealth.com to learn more. Changes come when you make health a habit. That's chiphealth.com. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. We're here with Dr. Hans Deal. He is the founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program. And the reason it exists, the reason it's there, is to educate you, to let you become your primary care provider. That's a new concept for a lot of us. A lot of us think, you know, we'll go to the doctor and that doctor will fix it. He or she will take care of us. We'll be fine. But for 70%, according to Dr. Deal, of what's ailing us, the doctor can only say, well, let me give you these medicines that will help with the symptoms of the problem, but it will do nothing for the problem. Dr. Deal, what part does the physician, that man or woman out there who has dedicated his or her life to making us well, What part do they play when we approach disease in this new paradigm of lifestyle
1: medicine? Yeah, that's a very good question because uh, the concept of patient education is... uh, for most physicians, foreign, yeah. it doesn't fit into the way the system is uh, working with physicians. You have to remember that most physicians have a very limited amount of time given to them yes. to see patients. Yes. I mean, they talk today about 8 to 10 minutes. Mm. I mean, these are the numbers that we oftentimes hear at conventions. We have only 8 to 10 minutes' time. What can I do when I have a person with hypertension? I tell him, uh, you know, cut your sword. And so then uh, the woman goes home and tells her husband, hey, we both have hypertension. We need to cut the sword. No more salt shaker in the house.
0: And that's not the problem. That's not it.
1: And that's not the problem. Because the the salt shaker is only 6% of the salt that we eat. Mm. The other 97% relate to processed foods and it relates to restaurant eating. Mm. So how is a physician supposed to carry out this new mission of providing education, even if physicians had the knowledge Mm. of how health works I mean after all physicians are top-notch professionals in the area of disease diagnosis and disease treatment so when you have an infectious disease they know exactly what to do and in 10 days you are healthy again they know it's how great.
0: disease works you make it this very important they know how disease works they don't know how health works
1: correct so when when you have prostate cancer they can have a, a brand new Proton accelerator that costs you millions and millions of dollars to install and to build, and so on. And they can actually, at a price of $100,000, have a fairly good outcome that is predictable. So, this is great stuff. But, you know, we're beginning to realize now that when it comes to these chronic diseases, we need to really deliver empowerment to the patient. And where does the physician fit in? I think the physician needs to fit in. First of all, the physician needs to become more aware Mm -hmm. that there are lifestyle issues here that we have to address. Mm -hmm. It's not enough just to diagnose and to provide some medication for removing the pain. We need to also remove the causes that cause Mm -hmm. the disease to progress unabatedly, right? So we talked about atherosclerosis disease processes and narrowing of the arteries. You know, even if you give a person nitroglycerin to remove the angina pain at that moment, you know, the disease continues. So how does a physician fit in there? Number one, a physician should be the monitor Mm. of the physical changes that are taking place. Mm. That would be very, very important to monitor things.
0: First, they save you. First, they give you another day to live. If you have an acute Mm. problem, they keep you alive, then they become the monitor. Okay, savior and then monitor.
1: Yeah, that's right. So you have a person that monitors the success. So if you really need to have a bypass, and sometimes we do need them to save lives, but then it's important that the person says, look, I want you to go to a CHIP program. I want you to go to an education program where once your scars have healed, uh, once you're feeling up to par again in three months, I want you and the whole family to go to a program where we teach you how you can Extend the benefits of my surgical procedure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to do. So the physician then needs to monitor and needs to stimulate to initiate Mm. health education program Mm. attendance. Uh And then he can monitor again the progress that is being made over the next three months. So the patient comes in every six months. How are you doing? I want to make sure that your cholesterol is down. I want to make sure that your blood pressure is down, that you're working the program very well, that is lifestyle medicine oriented. Lifestyle medicine has to do with educating people. And then the people sometimes ask me, well, uh, what is the physician going to do there? I mean, is he supposed to give those lectures? No. No, the physician is the monitor. Mm -hmm. He is just making sure that everything is done very properly and that things are working out. He will hire or he will work with systems that have people that provide education. Mm -hmm. This can be delivered uh, in clinics. This can be delivered in community programs like we do with the CHIP program where we actually have, uh, you know, facilitators. There may be nurses or there may be uh, people that love people, and they have a video series of N18-19 programs, and that goes systematically and very scientifically through all the different diseases that we have to worry about nowadays. Mm -hmm. And then they encourage, and then they say, well, what have you learned today? So you know now that... uh, salt is contributing to hypertension in most cases what have you learned oh my husband wouldn't do that well how do you remove those roadblocks and then the people chime in yes. and it becomes a support structure yes, right yes, yes. or when it comes to exercise we want them to begin to exercise and now how did you how many miles did you cover yesterday did you do your two miles mm-hmm. Well, no, I kind of, uh, oh, come on, uh, you, you shouldn't have any excuses. Come on, we'll do it together. Yes. Tomorrow, you're going to have two and a half miles, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're going to follow through on this. Give me a call if you feel discouraged, and we'll do it together. See, this is now the new community medicine concept, beautiful. sometimes referred to lifestyle medicine. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that, because it's a shared burden. You know, we're we are not in this alone. It is a shared mm-hmm. burden with the doctor, the patient, and the community. What a beautiful picture you have painted for us Dr. Deal, someone in that type of situation, someone in that type of community where you have the doctor, the patient and the community and their friends mm. and the church and the and mm. their youth group, whatever mm-hmm. it is, working together and we know this works because it works for Alcoholics Anonymous. That's the model that they used all along. Am I right?
1: Yeah. And, and something else, you know, if you do it in groups, you not only have the support and the accountability structure, but yes. you also have a model that makes it economical yes. to do it. Yes. Because yes. if you have, you know, like we have an our chip program, we have 50 people or 20 people or sometimes I have 500 people. Yes. You know, they all chip in. Uh, and so it makes it viable economically for everybody.
0: So if there is someone listening to this program right now who says, okay, I want to do this, I want to be well, I want to lower my hypertension, I want to get rid of my heart disease, I want to get rid of my diabetes, that person should find a doctor who can help them diagnose the problem, identify the problem clearly, should start a program of eating and, 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 and chip, but also should surround him or herself with people like that person who are struggling the same way okay all right i got you i got absolutely
1: you You know in our program we have about sixty-five thousand graduates we find that when we review the people a year later the people that used to be smokers coming into our program now they have all new friends Mm -hmm. they're all Mm -hmm. non-smokers And similarly, people that used to come in very heavy with 150 extra pounds a year later, you know, they come in, they may only be 50 pounds overweight now, and you begin to realize they are now uh, circulating in groups of friends that are also leaner. So you have a different reference point. See, if you run around with uh, large people, you don't even know that you're large yourself. That's true. That's true. And, And so people can go to our CHIP website and take a look at this, and they can find out where our nearest. CHIP program is for them. It's chiphealth.com. And they can also, you know, if they have an interest as uh, as people that work for corporations and so on, administrators can call our number 909-283-6000 for getting some more guidance and some help. We are here to serve people. Uh, We are here, to wanting you to be the healthiest person you can possibly be, and that's why I enjoy working with Charles Mills. We've done it now for several years, Mm -hmm. and it gives me great professional satisfaction that hopefully we can steer some people into the concepts of lifestyle medicine because that's where the opportunities are today when it comes to the chronic diseases that consume 84% of our health dollar. And when you do this, you also leave a softer footprint Mm. on the earth it's ecologically sound it's economically sound it's educationally sound folks you know this is a great way to go lifestyle medicine a new emerging subspecialty in modern medicine Mm.
0: and the physicians i've talked to dr deal who are in this kind of community who are part of this type of team with chip and their patients they say to me on this program over and over again you know what I'm finally healing people. Mm. I'm finally healing people. And it almost brings tears to my eyes that these men and women who have dedicated their lives to helping people fight disease and become healthy are now, because of this combination of education and knowledge, Put together and community, they're finally healing people. I, I, I had one guy said, "I'm now the doctor I always wanted to be." That's a quote. <laughs> That's good, and that is amazing.
1: When you think about it, it does take a village, doesn't it? Yes, it It does. takes a team of people, and so our doctors are part of that. But they need to make some changes in how they think about these diseases. We don't have any quick, simple magic pills and magic procedures for most of these diseases. We need to bring the people into the framework to working with us. Mm.
0: All right. Let me give that piece of information that Dr. Deal shared there. The website is chiphealth.com, and the phone number he gave there was 909 283 6000. And uh, you can start your journey to a much better lifestyle. Dr. Deal, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom with us today. Thank you. And until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Hans Deal, inviting you to be healthy by what? Healthy by Choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call 3 Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org.